0: shooter Frank James charged with terrorism but not a terrorist welcome to the terrorist therapist show I'm Dr. Carroll your terrorist therapist yes subway shooter Frank James charged with terrorism but not a terrorist uh, you will hear what I mean about this I'm not going to spend much time uh, on the podcast getting into the details of what happened, um, because you probably know about that. I'll sort of give you an overview. But what I mainly want to talk about is what we know about him as um the attacker and how this represents the um trend that has been going on now since nine eleven um to not identify uh attackers let's just call them as possibly being terrorists there is this uh hypocrisy now i'm not uh there have been no claims by isis or al qaeda or the taliban uh saying that they sent him to attack the subway in new york but um certainly one can it, it is not a stretch as you will see um to to say That um, Frank James was influenced by terrorists, by the means of terrorists, the methods of terrorists, and also by the feeling that there was going to be another 9-11, particularly spurred on by Putin's attack of Ukraine, that um, doom is coming, the end of the world, basically, is coming. And so he wanted to get his various messages known. Um, You know, there were, when I say that certainly he was influenced by um, terrorists, radical Islamist terrorists, we know, for example, there have been many uh, terrorist attacks on trains. For example, the terrorist attacks in London on several trains, three trains and a bus. Um, There was a movie made of a terror attack on a train in Europe. Um, Trains are particularly, and buses for that matter, Um, are particularly useful (laughs) when you want to try to kill a lot of people because um, they can't escape. So first I'm going to take you through um, like a chronology of my – I did four – I was certainly caught up with this from the beginning. And um, I will take you through the chronology of my four tweets. (laughs) Breaking, rush hour terror in New, New York City subway. Shots, explosions, and undetonated devices. Carnage. Search for dark-skinned man with gas mask and orange construction vest. Lone wolf. Radical Islamist. Other radicals. More attacks to come. War at home, not just Ukraine. Second tweet. Another terrorist, once on FBI watch list, slipped away to attack. Frank James' rage exploded on social media before Subway. Authorities were too quick to say not terrorism. He speaks of 9-11 being most beautiful day, etc., was at least inspired by, if no direct, ties. Uh, Tweet three, breaking, caught. Frank James, the NYC Subway terrorist, caught by police. They may have saved lives, including his because though he wanted World to know who he was and what he believed, he'd also posted he never wanted to go to jail, so may have been suicidal. Last but not least, tweet. Frank James, NYC subway terrorist, exposes, exposes failures, especially closure of state mental hospitals, where he could have gotten longer, better treatment. Mentally ill are now homeless and jailed. will never solve until reopen. Patients stop meds, then hurt cells and others. So that kind of gives you an overview of this whole situation. Um, And to be more specific, it was on the morning of April 12th of this year um, that Frank Robert James uh, got on an N train in the New York City subway system in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, And at 8.24 a.m., the middle of rush hour, he um, put on a gas mask, threw two smoke grenades, and fired a handgun 33 times. 29 people were injured, 10 of them from the gunfire. And the remaining injuries were from smoke inhalation and from the panic, people running over other people and pushing other people and so on. And um he was he was arrested about thirty hours after the attack. now um uh, New York City police commissioner Sewell said on the day of the attack, she was quick to have a press conference and announced that the incident was not being investigated as a terrorist attack. Um Then, let's see, it turns out that there were, the, the although there are lots of security cameras now in the subway system, the uh, cameras in this, in the particular two stations that were involved in this, one where he got on, and in between the two stations is when he um, put um, out the, when he started the attack, when he started shooting and, and had the smoke grenades and so on. Um, and then he got off at the next station. He, everything was very well planned and timed. And, um, and anyhow, I'm not going to get again, I'm not going to get too much into, uh, into the details, um, of the exact of the attack because you can find that online. But, um, it's interesting to know that he has a, a long rap sheet of arrests, no felonies. But um, but many misdemeanors nine times in New York between 1992 to 1998 with charges including possession of burglary tools, uh, criminal sex act, and criminal tampering. He was also arrested three times in New Jersey between 1991 and 2007. In the mid 1990s, he was charged with making terroristic threats, but was convicted of the lesser charge of the harassment. And sentenced to probation and counseling. Uh, so since he had no, no felonies, he was legally allowed to purchase guns. And so he purchased his Glock nine millimeter handgun that he used in this attack. He purchased it from a pawn shop in Columbus, Ohio. Now, um, as you will hear, he had lots of extremist views. Um, he put rambling videos on YouTube and on Facebook, and um, hate-filled rants, homophobia, misogyny, racist comments. He, he was an equal opportunity, more or less, of these <laughs> with his racist comments. He targeted blacks, Hispanics, and whites, particularly whites. Also, anti-Semitic uh, posts. He also posted grievances at people he believed had wronged him. He made violent threats. It's like amazing that um nobody, none of the uh you know, here we all here we go on Twitter and Facebook and link, even LinkedIn, they're, you know, suspending people and, and uh for writing um not for writing the kinds of hate filled things that he wrote and yet his were missed. Um he also one of the one of the um posts uh he posted a picture of um Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson. She complained about him. He complained about her marrying a white man. Um, and then on and on. I will give you some more examples of his hate-filled rants. Um, so they, they got a good description of him because somebody took a picture with their camera. Uh, he was described as a heavy-built black male, five feet five. but then it turned out he was taller than that. 175 to 180 pounds, um, and so on. And then they found found things that led them to him. They found um, a key to his uh, U-Haul van, and they found um, a credit card. And so they were pretty, you know, they, which was kind of amazing. When you think about how well he planned the attack, um i mean unless something he got jostled and and he wasn't planning on leaving these things behind but um they found the Glock handgun uh, ammunition credit card in his name and a key to his U-hall where it seemed like he was he had been uh, living so um you know that is part of the reason why i say that he wanted to be found because he wanted his views to be um known now, even though they are saying that um, he is not a terrorist, um, and he's going to be uh, tried as a terrorist, n- not a terrorist, radical Islamic-type terrorist, uh, the general accepted um, understanding of, of terrorists. Um, but he he was on the FBI's terrorist radar, the real terrorist radar, <laughs> uh, the real watch list and that is because uh this was in New Mexico and he was on the terror- FBI's terrorist watch list until 2019 this happens all the time um the that people are on the watch list or some sort of watch list um and then you know just like uh like the terrorists that came, that attacked the synagogue in in Texas not that long ago um, he was on a terrorist type. Well, he was he was referred to prevention, which is their um, plan to try to prevent terror attacks before they happen, and they stopped watching him. Um. Anyhow, he, um, he was he was on the Guardian Lead system in New Mexico. And this is the FBI's way of coordinating information from other law enforcement partners about potential terrorism-related threats and suspicious activity. But they, as I said, stopped watching. Um, hmm. Um, Now, supposedly, they gave him several interviews in New Mexico when they put him on the watch list um and and so far, it hasn't come out why he was on the watch list. you know every, this is all a very guarded secret. We're gonna find out more about him you know as his trial comes and so on um but um but he- you know he supposedly was interviewed a number of times and um and then uh they took him off the list or they stopped watching um okay, now let's see. Now, I'm going to, you know, there are new, as I said, he's done a number of hate-filled rants, and several of these rants related to 9-11. Also, he put conspiracy theories, well, he didn't think they were (laughs) conspiracy theories, uh, but he claimed that the Twin Towers could never have been brought down on 9-11 by planes. I mean, you know, yes, that is a, well, that is a conspiracy theory. They certainly were brought down by planes. But but my point here is that he was a bit obsessed with 9/11 and terrorism, and um, clearly this that played a role. Um, now let's see when he when he started going into New York, um, you know he he, he it turns out that he really um, he was he was. Um, he was, he stayed a lot for a lot of the time in New York. He was born in 1959 in New York, and then he spent years drifting from city to city. And, um, and like in Philadelphia and, um, various cities. And then he, on this fateful trip to New York, um, to attack the subway, he wrote, uh, he posted, I am heading back into the danger zone, so to speak. It was triggering a lot of bad thoughts. I do have a severe case of PTSD after the um, uh, SHIT I've been going through. And again, just thinking about how effed up people are. So um, he he says, um, I'm talking to the people that did damage and harm to me, tried to kill me and get me locked up. They're all black. They keep mentioning the potential of World War III. We're already in World War III. So um, I will tell you more of some of the um, some of his rants. Um, oh, he also said in his rants on social media, "9/11 was the most beautiful day," and Putin's war is a clue that there will be more 9/11s. So let's. Um, I can stop here there's so much to tell you about this guy even though we really there's still so much to discover but um there when we come back i will explain to you why he's going to be tried as a terrorist um although everybody is doing their best to hush hush the fact that radicals on this terrorism uh could have influenced him in the slightest so stay tuned Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about subway shooter Frank James charged with terrorism, but not a terrorist. And as I explained at the beginning, I'm talking about um, where, just like with many other kinds of attacks, the media and the, um, and the authorities – Uh, do their best to say this is absolutely not a terrorist attack. And then of course, then they, then they charge him with terrorism, but it's not, it's not, they're not charging him with radical Islamist terrorism, um, specifically. Now, generally, um, the word terrorism means the use or threatened use of force in order to intimidate a civilian population and or extort its government into changing policies. Um, but some acts are so uh um offensive that are so uh obviously or seems like an effort to make war on a population that the motivation can be presumed but you know and and so there's a special category of terrorist attacks called or considered attacks on mass transit systems so um because the because that could have the idea is that attacks on mass transit systems would have potentially thousands of casualties and would cripple a large part of of the United States, so Congress has made uh, such attacks um, in other words there 's this loophole or this caveat um, in terms of having a federal um, terrorism um crime and it, the caveat is when it is a, it's called the commerce clause and it allows congress to regulate facilities that are part of or affect interstate commerce so um and also when criminals cross state lines with weapons so uh so in other words with in this in regard um, to this case um there doesn't have to be. They don't have to prove that um, that he was a radical Islamist terrorist, <laughs> and they don't have to prove what his motive was in general, because it was on a um, on a transit system. Now, the, the key is that New York subway is connected to other train systems that do cross into other states, like New Jersey, for example. So that is considered interstate commerce. The other thing is that um, in terms of fulfilling the requirement of um, transporting a weapon across state lines, um, Frank James did that. He transported his Glock handgun that he purchased in Ohio across several state lines. So that is how he is um, allowed to be and is and has been charged with terrorism, even though there is not a – domestic terrorism law per se. Okay, so let's look at some of the things that he has um, posted online, really graphic, horrible things. Um, he called himself the prophet of doom. He had a number of names for himself online, including the prophet of doom. Um, he posted that hundreds of, of rants um, on YouTube and on Facebook, um, including about 9-11. His his um his attack in the subway triggered pe- people's PTSD in New York and and not just in New York anybody who has PTSD from 9 11 um, because of so many similarities um, black smoke chaos and the people couldn't escape uh, from the car that he was in and they felt helpless just like people couldn't escape from the twin towers well some people were able to escape but a lot of people weren't. Um, he has, let's see, he's also called himself the prophet of truth, as well as the prophet of doom. He said lots of, um, lots of um, (laughs) words that I'm not sure I'm able to say, but anyhow, um, we live in a world of F faces and scumbags. When you see me happy, when I, we live in a world of F faces and scumbags. When you see me happy, when I watch videos of 9-11, that's why. So in other words, he's saying that he wants America to be destroyed. Now, is that not a terrorist? (laughs) Um, Then let's see. Um, What are some of the other? He did a, a video on April 5th. So not long, remember, the attack was on April 12th. He did a video um, on April 5th called Sensible Violence. It was a montage of more than 20 minutes of news clips on recent shootings around the country. Uh, quote, they're saying that senseless violence. Well, I'm saying, no, it's not senseless violence. It's violence that's effing makes sense if you think about it. It's not a effing mystery. Um, talking about false flags. Um, this is interesting. He said, we, quote, we live in a sick society. We live in a violent society where people are pushed to the edge of their effing sanity by other mother effers. And I can almost understand how a mother effer could go out there and just start shooting people for no effing reason, just based on, I think I'm allowed to say shit. Let's just go for it. <laughs> That I've been through. And believe you me, I've had those thoughts and feelings in my mother-effing mind. Thank God I've never acted on them. So this was obviously a, a post that he did amongst his streamer posts before his actual attack. Um, he went, made other trips to New York beforehand. He may well have been scoping out the trains because, it you know, he knew... He knew how much time he had between the first stop and the second stop. Uh, he he really doesn't like the the mayor. Eric, quote, Eric Adams, what the F, what are you doing, brother? What's happening with this homeless situation? I got on the E train. Every F car was loaded with homeless people. He described going home, car to car. Uh, okay. Homeless people, unquote. He described going, quote, car to car and trying to get away from homeless people. Um. He also had strange relationships with women. Um, He talked about, uh, uh, he posted a video to Facebook in 2020, where he claimed that he was once, quote, addicted, unquote, to patronizing New York sex workers in the early 1980s, which had ruined his ability to have normal sexual relationships with women. He also posted a video on YouTube called Forced Equality. Uh, that was about um, Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson's marriage to a white man. Um, then he also went on about a white woman who he appeared to know personally. Quote, I would kill you, but it's not worth the time in jail. Killing you would be like killing a cockroach. You're not even human to me. Um, let's see. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah, he's talking about 9-11, the war in Ukraine, the Matrix, dark forces that he believed would use atomic weapons to streamline, reshape, resize the world. The United, quote, the United States will be ruined, just like Egypt, Greece, and all the rest of that shit. He declared that humankind should be, quote, wiped the F out. Um Now, in early March, again, close to the his attack, he posted a 31-minute video called, And Now I Am Become Deaf. This is a quote that is attributed to Robert Oppenheimer, who is the theoretical physicist who was regretful for his role in creating the atomic bomb. So, you know, clearly part of this also came from his feeling that the end of the world is near because of Putin invading Ukraine and obviously making it clear that he plans on, plans on keep, keeping going. Um let's see There's... Uh posted videos a six part series of videos called phase one of my New York trip it starts in Milwaukee um, he says having been sober since two- 2017 he's now intoxicated on quote a half pint of Jim Beam and he takes a plane to Philadelphia and he oh, this is really, his destination is an apartment building, Now this is for his birthday, for his 60th birthday. So August 8th, 2019, he goes to New York and, um, his destination is an apartment building on Ritter Place in the Bronx, which is where he was born. And, um, that was his, so that was his first address in life. Um, and he points out the base in his post points out the basement apartment where he stays that his family once lived that he says that his family once lived, and um, he worries about bumping into a quote fake cousin, um, but otherwise <laughs> he's elated to be back in the quote mother f b x the Bronx, and then he tries to he gets louder and he tries to wake up the apartment building's residents so that they can wish him a happy birthday. Clearly, this man does have psychological problems that that cannot all be explained by PTSD. Uh, He claims about New York subways, uh, the homeless I talked about, crowds bother him. Uh, His monologues generally involve the theme that Black Americans have, quote, never known freedom, unquote, and they've become too complacent Uh, Quote, you can't turn a domesticated dog into a wolf, unquote. Um, Oh, he also blames the mental health services. He apparently has been, was in mental health treatment facilities in New York and New Jersey. And uh, there was one in New Jersey that he was at called Bridgeway Behavioral Health Services. He said, quote, my goal at Bridgeway in 1997 was to get off Social Security and go back to effing work. Um, he put a, a video up of photographs of people who he said left him down. Um, they made me, quote, they made me worse. They effing made me worse. They made me more dangerous than anybody could effing imagine, unquote. Um See now and he's again like he's really feeling that that um the end of the world is coming coming <laughs> um, he he says quote just say F it you know go on a building and just and jump the F off put a gun to your head and pull the trigger i don't know how would you do it um okay there's there are too many too many um too many extreme um or uh, i don't even know how to describe dramatic um extremist dramatic uh posts to to but you're getting the sense of it um now the 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 key here is um like one of the posts he says was oh black quote oh black jesus please kill all the whiteys. um he he talks about a looming race war um he and, and his his um his victims the 29 victims of his shooting of his attack were a multicultural mix so he wasn't actually aiming of course once he put the smoke bombs out on the train Um, Once he released them, it would be hard to really see what what nationality, what race people were. But anyhow, um, but in any case, he is clearly just like radical Islamists. He is uh, an ideologically fixated, identity-obsessed killer. And this has, you know, that we have seen um, unleashed since 2020. He's like Daryl Brooks Jr., remember the guy? I did a a podcast on this. You can uh, look in the previous podcast. He is the one who plowed his car into the Waukesha Christmas Parade last November. And uh, Noah Green, the Nation of Islam adherent, who rammed the Capitol Police last April. And um, now, his posts on social media um, linked to black identity extremist ideologies, including the Nation of Islam, Black Panthers, Black Liberation Army, BLM, um, and he had a picture of black nationalist cop killer Micah Johnson. Now, at the very least, the Nation of Islam, um, and certainly they're they're also BLM, there are connections between these um, extremist groups and radical Islamists. So this is not a leap. Um, Let's see. Uh, Yes, you know, as I was saying, right, from the beginning, the NYPD told everybody this is not terrorism, right? But it sure looked like a lone wolf terrorist attack motivated by a hateful ideology. I mean, basically, that is what it was. Whether um, to, how, to what degree it was connected to radical Islamist terrorism, we may find out and we may not. Um, and the FBI is now denying, trying to deny that he was on any watch list uh, and trying to say that they didn't previously investigate him. Now, whether that's because they're trying to say it was New Mexico Um, organization that investigated him for terrorism and not the FBI per se or directly, perhaps. That's how they're trying to wiggle around it. But, um, I mean, really, there were too many reports of it being, of his being on the watch list to um, believe all of a sudden that that wasn't true. Um, Now, there was, the FBI did have, uh, did acknowledge That black in the past, not that long ago, they did acknowledge that black identity extremist ideology was a domestic terrorism threat. But they have politics have caused them to abandon the term black identity extremism because of political pressure from the congressional black caucus and left wing media to eliminate the category. And, uh, as potential terrorism. So instead, who are they calling terrorists now? You know, if you've been listening to my past podcasts, um, parents who complain at, uh, at, the PTA meetings and white supremacists and, um, and forgetting about all other different categories. Oops, um, this, this segment has gone on a long time. I'm just so into this, so into so into um, first of all, pointing out again, I don't, I will never get tired of pointing out how um, trying to tell us from the very beginning that this has nothing to do with terrorism is not is bad and wrong, and uh, turns out later, you know, they have to eat their words. Anyway, in the next segment, I'm going to tell you about um, his what we know about his uh, mental state and how that is going to affect his trial. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the terrorist therapist show where uh, we're talking today about subway shooter, Frank James, charged with terrorism, but not a single quote terrorist and single quote question marks. <laughs> um again, Just to be clear, I am not claiming that he is a member of ISIS, Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, or any other terrorist group per se. I am saying that he was absolutely influenced by the means and methods that terrorists, radical Islamist terrorists use, notably, uh, the train and, um, and that some of his, um, posts, which connect to radical um, at the Nation of Islam and things like that do the, some of these organizations in other words that he does refer to in his posts uh do have connections to radical Islamist terrorism Shh, I'm not supposed to say that <laughs> everybody know, well not everybody knows that that's people who uh people who know about terrorism know that um anyhow uh and I'm not saying how how close the the you know these things are all murky areas and it is um it is not politically correct to go into these murky areas too much which is why we don't know or it is not publicly uh known as much as should be. Okay. Now, um so at the thirty approximately thirty hours after the uh incident on the train, his attack on the train, um, he called Frank James Called Crime Stoppers on himself, which is why I said that he wanted to get caught so people would know who he was and hear what he had to say, start doing what, you know, what lots of people did, including myself, looking up his, um, his social media posts online. Um, I think I know some of them have been taken down. I don't know if all of them have at this point, but, um, but anyhow, so he knew that people would do that, check out who he is, right? And um and that's how all his hate-filled rhetoric would get known and his opinions. <laughs> um so he called he called crime stoppers on himself. He was he, he was in a McDonald's, he got out of the subway at this at the next stop and he um stayed in Lower Manhattan and he called he said um uh he said that he he was seeing his picture all over the news and I'll be around this McDonald's. I want to clear things up. Now the, the crime stopper said that, um, you know, I think you're looking for me. <laughs> I'm seeing my picture all over the news and I'll be around this McDonald's. I want to clear things up, but he didn't stay around McDonald's because he wanted to get his phone charged. And so he, he just, you know, lolly gagged around lower Manhattan. He was not trying to run away. I mean, he had time. 30 hours. He could have gotten on another train, you know, and gone to New Jersey or gone to back to Philadelphia. Um, and, and he didn't. So that is interesting. You know, I think um, even though he had said in some of his posts about how he didn't want to go to jail, um, you know, I guess he figured with Putin invading Ukraine, the end of the world being near, another 9-11 being near, he might as well, you know, Attack while, while, <laughs> while he still can, while there's still something to attack. Okay, so now I'm going to get into his mental state. Um more about his mental state. Um what, one of the places that he went to, and there's a whole expose now about it, a place called Argus Community. This is in, in New York, in the Bronx, actually. Um it's a center it is described it is a center that receives over eighty four million dollars worth of contracts from New York State, primarily with the Office of Addiction Services and Supports, and over two hundred thousand in contracts with the city's Department of Youth and Community Development um, and it is described as or they they count themselves as Argus community offers a variety of residential and outpatient programs to help quote uh, to quote help severely disadvantaged teens and adults to free themselves from poverty poverty and drug abuse now so far we know that he ha- he has said that he has ptsd from some trauma and in, uh, in a post that i read to you he said that he had been sober uh and then he until he was drinking in this video on his way to new york to attack Um, So alcohol or drugs, not sure. I mean, he said that as he was going to then drink alcohol. But anyhow, so that could be, so he could have a substance abuse problem, as well as an underlying, perhaps, um, paranoid schizophrenia, um, because his sister said he was a loner all his life. Um, could, Could be that, and he was in all these hospitals and so on. So, but it's amazing that um, it is not typical that um, he would, he would be able to, unless that he would be able to pre-plan such a, you know, such a complicated attack. I mean, he didn't just go into a subway and start shooting. He had it all planned. He was, he was wearing, uh, he was wearing a disguise. He had a, well, he had a mask on. <laughs> that's, that's normal. Uh, these days, but he had on um empty, uh the the uh costume as if he was a, a worker either a construction worker or a subway worker people who passed him thought he belonged there because he had on the clothing of a sub a, a subway worker a type some kind of a um someone who does fixing of something so he and he you know he had his he knew all and, and and the um the smoke um bombs and, and all of that, you know, this is very, a very convoluted kind of attack. Not, he didn't just go in like, like there are so many people on the subway these days in New York who are attacking, but they are doing things, horrible things, you know, pushing people into the, onto the train tracks or shooting people or um, one man did a delightful thing of uh, throwing a bag of feces on a woman. So there are those kinds of things, but those are like impulsive. And those are likely uh connected to mental illness um but but this this was a lot more complicated than that, so he couldn't have been so he had to be either in a uh period when he wasn't psychotic or perhaps he was taking meds at that time. Um, none of that is clear yet but um so anyhow, so he was at in this group in this Argus um mental health treatment center. And he is described by another patient there as having been quiet and moody, so quiet and moody that he scared this other patient who was in group therapy with him. And um, he, this other patient was an ex-con. And um, he described James, this other patient, describes him as a street person. He frequents trains and buses. He, oh, he's always between 219th and 230th Street, in the Bronx when i see him um, so he in his post he said he had a diagnosed mental illness um he you know ranted against the quote horror show unquote of the city's mental health services uh he told the mayor mr mayor i'm a victim of your mental health program um and he said he's uh, said i'm 63 now full of hate, full of anger, and full of bitterness. He wrote, I don't know, so many, a um, lot of uh, reports are saying he's 62, but he himself said he was 63. Um, so, so, that is, uh, that gives a little more light on his mental health problems. So now, what is that going to mean on his, in terms of his trial? Okay, now, um, I don't think that he is going to be able to show that he was not guilty by reason of insanity because that would mean that at the time of the- of offense he didn't know what he was doing and that it and that it was wrong and clearly, with all his pre planning um he he did know <laughs> what he was doing and that it was wrong he purposely he wanted to attack so um but That's you know that's in trial that he could you know that his defense could be that I mean his defense attorney could try to fly that, Um, but before that the question is could he be uh, found unfit to stand trial? That's different. Unfit to stand trial is how he is right now, after he was caught and and um, and in the jail waiting to be to go on trial. Um, The not guilty by reason of insanity relates to ha- what his mental state was at the time of the attack, of the time of the crime. Now, his, um, his attorney started the process um, by, by um, asking in the first court appearance, his attorney asked for um, him to receive psychiatric attention while he's in custody awaiting trial. Uh, now, as you remember, he's charged with conducting a violent attack on a mass transportation vehicle um, and so the the judge um did go along with his with his uh, attorney, the defense attorney, and did ask the agreed to ask the federal Bureau of Prisons to provide him with psychiatric attention. He's being held without bail. Now, clearly, he does need psychiatric attention. I mean, that was not a stretch to It was clever to ask for that. It was clever on the part of the defense attorney to ask for that. Um, but of course, the prosecutor asked after that, um, he asked that the, she asked that the uh, psychiatric attention that the defense asked for would not be an evaluation to determine if he's competent to stand trial, in other words, uh, this is just sort of what the prosecutor is asking for is not a, she wants to make sure that there's not a full, uh, evaluation in regard to his competency at this point. And, you know, psychiatric attention means like having, it's a, a lighter kind of, uh, evaluation or not even an evaluation, but it's like seeing him briefly. Um, it's even psychiatric evaluation light. Um, it's just to see whether he's suicidal, you know, whether he needs medications, um and that kind of thing. Um so but so this is the first step in the defense's strategy most likely, uh because a full competency evaluation takes hours and hours and hours and it would entail um getting records from his previous um psychiatric treatment and so on. Um and you know, not just like seeing him for an hour. Um, and then, and then, yes, at some point they might try to use the insanity defense. Um, this psychiatric attention is just medical care by a jail psychiatrist for any Ill- inmate who has psychological problems or is thought to have psychological problems. So, now if he is found to, if there is a competency evaluation, a full competency evaluation and he is deemed unfit to stand trial then um he would be put in a uh treatment facility for a period of time not to exceed 4 months to determine whether there is substantial probability that in the near future he would be able to attain the capacity to permit the trial to proceed now if he is if he is uh deemed unfit And he's put in a psychiatric hospital. Um, it is very likely that he, with the proper medication that he would be certainly be found fit to competent to stand trial. Um, so then if the, if the, if the director of the psychiatric hospital where he is, where he would be put potentially believes that, um, he is now competent to stand trial, the director files a certificate. And um, then they would have another competency hearing. Sometimes, you know, the state likes if the state doesn't like what the findings are. In other words, the state wants people to be found competent to stand trial, so that they could then try them and punish them. So, um, so sometimes, and I've seen this in my own work as a forensic psychiatrist. Um, sometimes they make the person take uh, more than one. Competency evaluation until they get the state psychiatrist to say no, he is competent. So if he is competent, which I think will probably happen here, um, then then it goes on to trial, and uh, then the defense attorney might well try to try to uh, have the defense of not guilty by reason of insanity. Well, he is an interesting guy. We certainly can. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. Um, but there needs to be, bottom line, there needs to be, um, less of a covering over of what someone could possibly be, especially in New York City, um, less of an attempt to, to cover over that this could be someone who is at least influenced by radical Islamist terrorism, because people, um, uh, around there, the citizens of New York in this case, need to, would have needed, should have, did need to know whether in fact this, could, if he were, if he actually, if it was clearer that he was a radical Islamist terrorist, or that he could have been even, not to say, I mean, I'm not saying you can't say right away, oh, he's a radical Islamist terrorist, but you certainly can not say, or you certainly shouldn't say that he is not <laughs> when you don't even know who he is. I mean, still to this day, there are lots of secrets about this man that at least have not been made public. But certainly at the time that they made that announcement, oh, this is not terrorism. No, don't worry about it. Because, you know, if it could have been, if they didn't close the door on that, people might have taken other precautions. Like, you know, um, maybe they would have, I mean, I know they closed the subways in that area. But um, there might have been other precautions that they would have taken, like Um, going home and, um, you know, being with their family. Just in case this was number one, he could well have been the first of a whole series of terrorists um, who were planning to attack the subways. Just like in in London in 2005, there were three subways, you know, one right after the other that were attacked, and then a bus was attacked. That kind of thing could have been what this was. And then what? Then they would have egg on their face. Well, (laughs) It, that's not a good enough, uh, that's not a good enough um, result. You know, it, we have to be more honest about this whole thing. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, therapist. Com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.